Well, here we are. Shout out, shout out to climate change because it's the hottest it's ever been in my life right now. I'm literally, I might as well catch myself on fire because it was it would honestly be cooler to be on fire than it is to be alive where I'm at in my apartment. What is happening? Okay, this weekend, maybe when you're listening to this, it's supposed to be a heat index, a heat in index? In, no, that's not how you say the word, okay? It's not. A heat index of 110 degrees. I'm gonna die, okay? Me? Dead. What's it? What's even the point in being alive? God, it's like, you know, you're just gonna burn to death, and you're gonna heat to sweat to death, heat to death. Your cells are gonna denature, your proteins, see ya. Thanks, climate change. Thanks, Donald Trump. I appreciate Remember all that time you cut back on the emissions? I do. I remember it. I remember that it never happened. Now I remember that it's going to be 110 degrees out. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Sincerely, you've been such a great president for this environment. Such a great president. The great... Now, that's not the point. Thank you for tuning in. Listen, this episode, you, you, you don't understand me. First off, let me say this. The camera... I moved it up six inches. You wanna know why I moved it up six inches? Because I watched back an episode of mine on the video, and the video doesn't really get the views, right? The audio gets all the views. By the way, we were like top 50 in Bolivia. We made it in the top 50 in the US in the science category for the first time. That's a big feat. So thank you for that. If you're listening, I appreciate it. We made it in top 50 of like Ireland, Iceland, just a bunch of places, right? And I appreciate you tuning in. This is the state of the universe. Did I tell you that? Did I tell you this is the state of the universe? Hold on. Ray Weiss. Ray, Nobel laureate Ray Weiss. What what show is this? What show is this? The state of the universe. What the hell do you know about the state of the universe? It's the state of the universe. And thankfully, Ray Weiss is here. We have Ray Weiss. And he'll tell you. It's the state of the universe. And what the hell do I know? Nothing. But let me tell you what I do know. Apple sucks. Okay? Sucks. Because... I've been trying to record this podcast all, almost said it, I won't say it, all day, all day, I've been trying, okay, and do you see this adapter, if you're on the thing, this adapter, okay, this microphone, that camera are powered via USB, okay, it doesn't matter, it's not important for the listeners, but it's powered by USB, what does that mean, it means I need a USB port, now you might say Brendan, you you have a computer, and your computer has USB ports, right? No. False. It doesn't. Because it's a MacBook. And what do MacBooks have? They don't have USB ports. They have... Ugh, USB-C. It doesn't... It's a different thing. You can't plug a goddamn USB into it. Okay? You need a special USB. So you gotta buy a special adapter like this. You know what the problem with adapters like this is? They break. They break. So I couldn't get my shit to work. I got a new one. Did I pay $50 for it? Yes. Did Apple screw me out of $50? Yes. Could they just put USBs inside of the fucking computer? Yes. Do they not do that just so I have to go out and spend a million dollars on adapters? Yes. Did I buy the newest iPhone? Yes. Did it come with a headphone jack? No. Did I get into my car the first day I bought the new iPhone and try to plug my aux cord into my new phone and realize it doesn't have a headphone jack and get really mad? Yes. Did I have to go to Walmart and spend $1,000 to buy a USB thing to plug into my phone, into the headphone jack, into the aux cord in my car. Yes. Did Apple steal every fucking dime I ever owned? Yes. Okay. Now that that's over. And let's wash, let it wash away. Let it, as if I wasn't hot enough, now I'm heated. Now I'm hot. Now I'm steamy. Okay? But, you might say, Brendan, why is the episode coming on Friday? Why is it coming on Friday? Well, two reasons. First reason, the first reason, I had guests lined up for every week in July, but it turned out that two of the guests I had lined up in July had to reschedule. So, now we have a situation where I don't have a guest this week, but that's okay. Because, okay, I've been getting, I've been reading the comments, I've been reading the reviews, and I see that you guys are actually listening to me, leaving the comments, leaving the reviews. I've, this week I've gotten more donations than any week, any like, single week ever in the history of the show, and, man, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. 
If you want to donate, I've gotten people donating dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever. If you want to donate, patreon.com slash the state of the universe if you want to be a subscribed donator, which that's not a popular thing, right? That's not it, the most I've ever had at one time is like five. Like subscribe patri- patrons, pay, 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 patrons, okay? Five. But PayPal, paypal.me slash Drackler is another alternative for you to just donate like a single thing. Like if you're like, Brendan, really love you. Thanks for ranting about Apple. I hate Apple too. Here's $7. You could do that. And all those links are on thestateoftheuniverse.com. Go check it out. Go so, do it. Just do it. So the other thing. I moved my camera up six inches. I never told you why. I'm leaving you hanging. The reason why is because I watched some old videos and I was doing this because my camera was kind of low. What are you doing? Looking at your feet? Why are you looking down? It's like you're... What is this? It looks like I was falling asleep. I'm not falling asleep, though. I'm lively. I'm alive. I'm awake. And here I am. And now, camera's higher. So now I'm looking into your soul, and I'm looking up. My eyes are on you. Okay? They're not looking down. I'm not falling asleep. I'm not bored. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm awake. And I hate Apple. Okay? Do I want them to fail? Yes. Are they the first trillion dollar company? Yes. Will they fail? No. Why won't they fail? I don't know. People love to be scammed. I don't know. I don't know. Why do I buy their new phone for $70 million? I, why do I go to the bank and say, hey, can I take out a loan to buy the new iPhone that I will also have to buy 77 adapters for? Do I walk around with a backpack, a hiking backpack on my back, completely filled to the brim with adapters for any situation? HDMI to Apple, v- VGA to Apple, AUX to Apple, uh... You know, 35 millimeter to Apple. I got it all. Do I have it all in a backpack that weighs 77 pounds that I paid $77 a piece for all 77 adapters? Yes. And what's 77 cubed? How much dollars I've spent. That's a big number. And I'm sick of it, Apple. I'm sick of it. Build your shit so that I can plug stuff into it. Or I'm going to continue buying it and I'll just keep bitching. So your options are pretty limited at this point. I can't even think about what I was going to say. I can't even think about what I was going to say. When I go to the store and I buy adapters, I'm literally like DJ Khaled. Do you know who DJ Khaled is? Do you know who DJ Khaled is? Another one. DJ Khaled's that guy. Another one. Another one. Hey, Brendan, your MacBook needs to plug into a VGA. Another one. Hey, Brendan, your MacBook needs to plug into an HDMI. Another one. Hey, Brendan, your MacBook needs to plug into a 3.5mm audio jack. Another one. Hey, Brendan, your MacBook needs to plug into a USB. Another one. Apple, stop. That's it. And that's the end. Okay, I might as well shut it down and just stop. I might as well just shut it down. What's even the point in having this show? I'm draining every dollar I own by buying your shitty products. Jesus Christ. Okay. What am I doing? What am I going on about? That's not the point of the episode. The point of the episode is science. Science, okay? Did you see? This is really cool. This new starfish that has gone like viral on Twitter. It's it's being called the ravioli starfish. I don't know if that's a technical name. I don't know. If you're on the video, there's a picture up right now. Look at it. This starfish is awesome. It literally, it looks like a ravioli. And it was found 20 thousand nearly 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 approximate we're doing approximates approximately 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 found by the noaa deep discoverer which goes nearly twenty thousand feet under the ocean doesn't that scare the shit out of you twenty thousand feet under the ocean does that not scare the shit out of you imagine being down there now, the, I don't think anyone get no one gets in this thing. No one goes down like, oh, man, I found a ravioli starfish. You wouldn't survive down there. The pressure is too great. Okay, it's like graduate school. The pressure is too great. You're going to crack. You're going to break. And you're going to die. Okay? That's it. And so nearly 20,000 feet under the sea, this deep discoverer floats around trying to find new things. And they found this cool ravioli starfish. And this thing is awesome looking. It literally looks like a ravioli, and I would eat it, okay? If you to- toasted it, if you, oh my God, if you put breadcrumbs on it and you fried it up in a pan, to- got a good toast, a good toast on the outside. I'm talking about a crunch. When you bite into it, 
crunch. You want it to crunch. And you put marinara sauce all over that? Yeah, I'll eat it. I'll eat it. Ooh, imagine what the inside would be like gooey. Do you ever see Bear Grylls eat a worm? That's what I imagine it to be like. Do you ever see him eat that worm? And he like he always does this thing. He never bites the worm in one bite. He always bites it in half so that you see the guts explode out the back. That's his thing. That's his thing. Bell Girls is walking through the forest. He's always walking through the forest. And he's always thinking, where's a worm? And then there's a worm. And then all of a sudden he's like, another one. He's like, oh man, I'm really hungry. Another one. I'm starving. I'm Bear Grylls. I want food. Another one. Where are all the worms at? I want to eat a worm. Another one. That's his shit. I don't get it. Do you get it? Hey, Bear Grylls, here's an idea. Go to a restaurant and don't put yourself in the woods. There. Fixed it for you, Bear Grylls. Do you ever get disgusted by eating worms? Here's a good idea. Go to McDonald's. Donald's. Okay? So now that that's out of the way, definitely look up the starfish if you're just watching the, or if you're just listening to the audio. Dude, the starfish is cool. It's like fascinating. But imagine being 20,000 feet under the sea. Imagine just being in the sea. Have you watched videos of sharks? Go on YouTube and type in big shark. Just do that. Just do that. Or big whale. You ever see a whale or a shark or a whale like next to a boat? You're useless. You're useless. In this, in the ocean, you're useless. There's literally nothing you could do. There's a, a swordfish could beat you in a fight. A tuna could outwrangle you in the ocean. You're, you're useless. Your feeble human body will do nothing in the ocean except for eat ravioli starfish. That's it. And that's the end. How about the only thing in the news this week? The only thing in the news this week that is coming to my mind right now, is Area 51. Area 51. Do you know what that is? It's like a secret Air Force base in the desert, Nevada. Do you know? I'm sure you've heard about it. Area 51 has been synonymous with aliens like my entire existence, right? My entire life. It's always been synonymous with aliens. I was always fascinated. I remember I would be 14 and I would go, nah, maybe that's not true. 15, 16, and I would go on Google Maps and I would look at Area 51 from above thinking I could be some investigative journalist like no one has done that before. Like no one has thought to look on Google Maps to try to find alien spacecraft at Area 51. So I thought I was a groundbreaker. I thought I was breaking new ground. I never found them. Never found the aliens, okay? Then, all of a sudden, I turned 17. You know what happens when you turn 17? All of a sudden, you stop believing that the government has aliens at Area 51. So I gave up on it. I gave up on it, but it's been in the news recently because of this Bob Lazar character, who's this guy who claimed to work at Area 51, and then he got, I don't know, he came he came clean. He came clean, and he's sharing all the secrets, and there was a recent Netflix documentary that followed him, and all of a sudden now it's been back in the news. Buzzing. It's buzzing. And now, there was a, a, a fake, a joke, a joke Facebook account started, and the, the joke was... The title of the Facebook group is Storm Area 51. They can't stop us all. Okay? And and they say, this is their details, in their details, in their details. We will all meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. Okay? It's a joke. You can tell it's a joke. You read it, it's a joke. It sounds like a joke to me. Right? You can't be tricked. Because no one's actually running like the Naruto. You know what Naruto running is? Naruto running is that thing that at least one kid did in first grade or second grade or third grade or fourth grade or fifth grade or sixth grade where he would run with his head kind of like tucked down and his arms like behind his back, like stretched out behind his back. Do you ever see this kid? One of these kids is in every grade in every school. And it's a fact. And listen, I'm not pro-bullying, but don't expect if your kid is running around like this, I'm not pro-bullying. I don't believe in the bullying. I'm not a bully. I don't do bullying. If anyone bullies me, I'll punch him. If anyone bullies someone else, I'm going to smack him. I don't do the bully. The bullying is not my thing. But if your kid is running around with the Naruto run, I mean, you're asking for him to be bullied. So you need to sit him down and say, listen, Samuel, stop it. You can't put your hands behind your back and run full force straight ahead. You gotta cut it out. 
Okay? Okay, John? Johnny? You can't do that. You want to know why you can't do that? Because that's something that you do in an anime. And let's, listen here, Johnny. You're not in an anime because you're in the real world. Okay? And everyone has this kid in their class. I had the kid. This kid was in my class. Undoubtedly he was. Okay? One time, what was his name? Oh my god, I had such a weird kid. I had this kid in my in my elementary school named Jensen, and he was the he was the insect kid. He would collect all the insects, and everyone has the insect kid too. There's always the insect kid. There's always the Naruto run kid. There's always the um There's other kids too. Well, I can't, I can't focus now because there's no Do you hear this like It sounds like a cricket is in my ear. But you know what it is? It's one of the people who live in my apartment building. Their shitty car. If your car makes that sound, maybe you heard it, maybe you didn't, shut it down. Sell it, get rid of it, cancel it, get it the fuck out of my life. You like how I censored myself there? Yes, I did. You're welcome. So, this Area 51 thing has, like, blown up. The reason I bring it up is because it's blown up. Like, if you go on any science website this week... Every week I, I go through the science websites and I try to find like what are the things that I'm going to talk about today? What are the things I want to speak about? And I always try to find the news, what's in the news, what's popular, what are people reading, what do people want to hear about so I can cover that stuff. And for whatever reason this week, no one's talking about anything except for Area 51 because this Facebook group has amassed 1.6 million people who have declared that they are going to Area 51 on this particular day. What day is it? September 20th or something? September 20th? 3 a.m.? That's a great time. Nighttime in the desert. You're all going to get stung by rattlesnakes and die. Bitten. Whatever. Stung. I don't care. Do rattlesnakes have stingers? No. Do they have teeth? Yes. Will they inject you with venom? Yes. Will you get hurt? Yes. Do they have... I'm done. I'm done with the rattlesnakes. The point is, there are 1.6 million people who have said they're going, and 1.2 million people interested. Now, what is it? What is funny about this? Well, what's funny about this is that let's imagine 1.6 million people really did go. Let's imagine 1.6 million people actually showed up, and they say, "Well, they can't stop us all." Is this true? Can they really not stop 1.6 million people? Well, let me tell you how many active how many active military personnel in the U.S.? Okay, how many? Well, let me tell you. The United States has a global... The United States has approximately 1.3 million active duty troops. Guess what? If 1.3 million active duty troops tried to stop 1.6 million people from storming into Area 51, I dare say they wouldn't succeed. And when I say they, I mean the military. They wouldn't succeed. They couldn't. They couldn't stop it. They couldn't do anything. Now, will 1.6 million people show up? No. Will 100 people show up? Yes. And that, my friends, is what is so funny about this scenario. Is that you know, as well as I know, as well as anyone else knows, that there will actually be a handful of idiots, a handful of absolute dum-dums that show up and they storm Area 51. It's actually really cool to look up the, the, the aura that is Area 51 because it is an interesting place. Anything that's like secretive is interesting. I don't care who you are. I don't care what human you are. If someone tells you that there's a secret place in Nevada that you're not allowed to go and you don't know what they do there and they don't tell you what they do there and all you know is this really secret, top secret government place and they have little markers out in the desert and those markers say if you pass this line – we will kill you. If you go past this line, we will shoot you and we will kill you. And you won't do anything about it. And we won't do anything about it. We'll shoot you, we'll kill you, and then coyotes will eat your dead body. That naturally inspires like interest. Like, oh shit, what do they got at Area 51? Aliens. They got aliens. Here's my thing. Here's what I think. If you go into a desert, if you go into a jungle, imagine you see tigers for the first time. And you go into a jungle. Okay, and you walk in, do 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 do, and you see these tigers, and you see them for the first time. And you're like, man, I wonder what those tigers are all about. 
What do they do? Do they speak? Do they have a language? Do they talk? What are they? Like, these are weird uh, things. They walk on all four legs. They're, like, orange and white. What, what's going on with these things? And you walk in and you say, okay, I want to talk to the tigers. I want to communicate with the tigers. How do I communicate with the tigers? Do they have a language? Do they know math? Do they know anything? Can I learn anything about them? How do I talk to them? Are you going to walk in there and try to find the tiger that's in charge? Are you going to say, okay, I know that these tigers have set up a government. There's some bureaucracy here. That maybe it's a democracy. Maybe it's capitalism, whatever. The tigers have a, something. They have an ecosystem. They have an economy. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to try to contact the tiger that's in charge of the economy, that's in charge of the government. No, you're not going to do that. I'd hope you wouldn't do that. Okay, what you're going to do is you're going to walk into the jungle and you're going to find the first tiger you see and you're going to try to talk to him. Now what's going to happen to you? You're going to get mauled and you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to be dead. He's going to eat you. You want to know why? Tigers eat people. They don't speak. Okay, but my point is this. If you had an advanced civilization come to Earth, why would they go to the U.S. government and be like, hey, guys, listen. Okay, we have top secret technology. We can travel faster than the speed of light. We can travel all over the galaxy. We can travel all over the universe. We have the most advanced technology. Okay? We have the most advanced technology. Here's what we want you to do. We're going to give you some of our advanced technology. All right? We're going to give it to you. We're going to let you have it. We're going to let you study it. But I need you to keep it under wraps in Nevada, in the desert, at a top secret facility. Is that what they're going to do? Are they going to go to the government and be like, hey, government, I need you guys to keep this under wraps. I don't want you telling anyone. Here's the time. Or what's the other scenario? Oh, the aliens crashed. Oh, we recovered the alien crash. And now we're bringing it into Nevada, into the secret base. And we're going to try to reverse engineer it. We're going to try to learn about this advanced technology. Area 51 has been around for 50 years. Okay? It's been more than that. It's probably been around for 100 years. Do you think you could keep some shit under wraps for 100 years? Now, of course, you have this guy who comes out, this Bob Lazar guy, and everyone's like, well, no, you can't keep it under wraps because this Bob Lazar guy came out, and he's talking about aliens, and that's why we're all going to go try to find the aliens. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's so absolutely... I, I almost used the R word. I don't like to use the R word. I don't even think you're allowed to use the R word anymore. I think the R word's off the table. The R word is outlawed. You're not allowed to say the R word, and by the R word, I mean really stupid. Okay? This whole thing is really stupid. And that's what I mean by the R word. All right? And if you thought I meant something else by the R word, clearly you're very insensitive. And you should be ashamed. Okay? Now, man, the Area 51 shit, like, I hope it happens. Honestly, I wish that there was a video online of someone sneaking into Area 51. I wish there was a video that someone recorded like a GoPro on their head and they tried sneaking in onto the base. Just for my own enjoyment, that would be awesome. There are videos of like, man, I got sucked down a wormhole yesterday. There are videos of people who drive right up to like the signs in the desert. And then these, you know, these guards come out and hold them at gunpoint. They're like, you, get down. Don't go any further. And they're, poo, poo. that's what, exactly what would happen to the 1.6 million people. Imagine a thousand people show up to the Area 51 thing. And they're like, all right, guys, 3 a.m., we're going to storm the gates. You know what would happen? <laughs> thousand people dead thousand people dead is that a problem mm, might be we are overpopulated and those probably would be the stupider of society you know like did you see that oh my god i got like embarrassed hard last night hard last night donald trump had the this press conference where the f the fa fans i don't even think you can call them like attendees anymore it's just fans right because p political the political state of america has literally become like you have a team and you you're a fan of your team and you support your team through the trough and the peak that's what american politics has become so donald's fans if you will were chanting kick her out or send her back send her back send her back to a congresswoman who is a united states citizen and wanted to send her back to the country where she came that shit fucking boggles my mind. It boggles my mind so much. It boggles my mind that we can be a country that was literally founded 400 years ago by an immigrant, by a dude who came here. He got on board. He got sick of the country he was in. Well, depending on what history you read. Let's just pretend. He got sick of the country he was in, and he piled him and some pilgrims 
and some turkeys onto a boat. This is what my public school education has taught me. Some turkeys and some corn and some potatoes. Piled them on a boat, and he was like, all right, we're going to sail to a new world. We don't have to deal with these British fucks. Okay? And then he sailed through the Atlantic Ocean, and he found America, and that's how we were founded, by literally immigrants. And then throughout the entire history of the United States, we have literally been founded on immigration. Okay? Because guess how many people sailed here? Sailed the ocean blue in... in what is it, 1492? Is that right? Please say that's right. Because if I got that wrong, that's got to be right, right? Because you did 202, yeah. Uh, I think that's right. If it's not 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and it's 1492 and Columbus sailed the ocean blue. It's definitely got a two in it because it needs to rhyme with blue. And two rhymes with blue. One doesn't rhyme with blue. Three doesn't rhyme with blue. Four doesn't rhyme with blue. So it's got to be two. I think it's 1492. But the point is, because so many people got on the ship, not 330 million, okay? You know how many people got on the ship? I don't, but I would bet it's like an upper limit of like 100 people sailed here initially. An upper limit of 100. And of course, maybe I'm murdering history, but it doesn't matter for murdering history because I'm just trying to get the point across. The point is, very few people sailed here, okay? We were founded on inviting others into our country. And it's so weird to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not advocating open borders. I'm not saying we should let everyone in. I'm not saying we should invite the world in. That's not, the, I don't even think that's a good route to go. I don't think it's a good route to go. I don't think open borders are a good route to go. I don't think, um, you know, no security is a good route to go. That's a kind of stupid idea for obvious reasons. But to be so ignorant, to want to say that you should kick a United States citizen out because they disagree with you is, man, that's some, whoo, that's some Germany shit, you know, that's some, actually, that's some, like, early 1900s Germany shit, or some, like, modern-day Russia shit, I don't like that, okay, I don't like that, that scares me, that's a slippery slope, and we need to not go down that road, and I hope, I don't even know why I brought this up, I don't know why I brought it up, okay, hopefully, you don't mind me talking about this, well, you know what, you do. You do mind me talking about it because I'm done talking about it now. It's just like it upsets me. It upsets me to my core that we live in an environment where the politics has become so polarized where people are turning into that. Man, it bums me out. It bums me out hard. But that's not the point. That's not why you're here. That's not why you're listening. 50 years ago today. 50 years ago today. And assuming you're listening to this and they publish it, if you're not, well, I'm lying, okay? But 50 years ago today, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin were zipping through interplanetary space on the way to the moon. That humbles me more than most things I've ever encountered in my life. Like, thinking about that. Thinking about the fact that you have these three guys going on a mission that... There's no guarantee they'll return. There's no guarantee it will work. There's no guarantee anything will work out. Here's the craziest thing. There's no guarantee they'll get back. Okay? So you sh you send them out hundreds of thousands of miles away to the moon. And they touch down on the moon. They get out on the moon. Okay? In the case of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, they get out on the moon. 50 years ago. They're standing there, okay? That is insane to me. You look back, you see the earth, hundreds of thousands of miles away. Everything you know, everything that you've ever known, every person you've ever loved, every gene that exists in your body was formulated on that planet that you're staring back at. And to know that you're out there, helpless, literally the only thing Protecting you is very primitive technology. The type of technology that you find in your iPhone today. In fact, technology that is much worse than the iPhone today. Got them to the moon and back. And they're standing there knowing that, that they're doing this. There's no guarantee. They could die. They could be trapped there. They could live their final days out on the surface of the moon. Because you weren't getting them back. If they were stuck, they were stuck. They're not coming back. To know that they did that, and that people did that, 
and that literally half the world was watching. And how many people that inspired. I get a little envious, a little jealous, because I never had that inspiration in science. I'm around people all the time. You know, older people in the field, in this field that I'm in, that were inspired by that. That were inspired by Apollo 11. That were inspired by the Apollo program. That were inspired by men going to the moon. Okay? Landing on the moon. Walking on the moon. Returning from the moon. And the efforts that that took. The thousands and thousands of people behind the scenes that made that happen. That worked tirelessly to make that happen. And the generations of people it inspired. The young kids that it inspired. I get jealous. For two reasons. Number one, I wish I would have been around to see it. I wish I would have been around to live it in real time. To be able to to see that even in the worst of times, even when America was at a period where women were fighting for equal rights, black people were fighting for equal rights, people of all shapes and sizes, all races, all colors were fighting for equal rights, where, you know, we were finally getting the emergence of technology, where we were coming out of wars, where... America was very, very politicized and polarized, and there was a lot of infighting here in the country that even in a time like that, we were able to put a collective mind together and and make it happen and journey to the moon. That boggles my mind. And I draw a parallel to today, okay, to where we are at a point where we are as polarized as ever in this country, which I was just talking about. I talked about it for a reason. We're at a point where we're as polarized as we've ever been. Okay? And I'm jealous that there is no unifying scientific endeavor that seems to be captivating the minds of this country. I'm jealous and envious that I didn't get to be inspired the way I see other people inspired. I'm jealous that I don't have that inspiration. I'm jealous that as a kid I didn't have that inspiration. There was no scientific event that like made me think, oh my god, I need to be a scientist. I never had it. Part of the reason I do this show and speak to thousands, tens of thousands of people is because I want to try to instill that in them. I remember being in seventh grade and had this little shitty phone. It's this little shitty phone that I paid twenty, like $25 for and it didn't have a data connection at the time. But I would read on it. It was like I treated it like a Kindle almost. I would illegally download books because can't afford books. If I'm reading a book a week, I can't afford that. I was poor, you know. My family wasn't necessarily in a point where my mom could afford to spend a hundred dollars a month on books, right? So I'm young. I'm in school. I'm in high school. I'm not interested in school at all. I could give a fuck about school. I'm not interested in courses. I'm not interested in learning about anything that they want to teach me in school. I, 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 wasn't into, I wasn't into it, okay? But it's funny how I say that, but nowadays I'm, you know, every day I climb the ladder closer and closer to the PhD. I hate school. I hate the format of school in the American public or the American system. I hate the American public school system. I hate, in many cases, even college. I hate, in many cases, even graduate school, how the courses are taught, Okay? I hate it. I don't think it's a good format. I don't think sitting in a desk and having people talk to you for eight hours a day as they do in, in the public school system, I don't think that's a great way to teach people or to inspire people. It certainly didn't inspire me. It certainly didn't teach me. But I would sit there with that little phone. And if you're on the video, it was like almost no bigger than my, my recorder that I'm holding up right here, this little um, device that holds my audio. And it was about no bigger than that. And I would read and I would read thousands of screenfuls of text of these books I downloaded illegally and put onto this phone. And I would just read books, Carl Sagan books, Stephen Hawking books, Neil deGrasse Tyson books, Brian Greene books, hundreds of them, everything to do with astronomy and physics. That's what inspired me. It was no event. It was no single person. It was no single thing. It was no single finding. And man, I, I'm almost envious. I'm almost envious that there was no thing that happened. And, you know, recently there was the Event Horizon Telescope that captured a picture of a black hole. That was inspirational. That was inspirational because at the time when that, when that picture was released, I was at the university that I am a PhD student at. And I was in the room with, with some of the most high-achieving people in the field 
We had some visitors at the time, some people who were are literally at the top of the field of astrophysics. And I was I got to be in the room with them. And I got to see the way they were inspired by that image. And and that instilled a little bit of inspiration in me. And that was the first time in my whole life where I felt like a scientific endeavor really inspire me. Right? And so that's part of the reason I do the show. That's part of the reason I work in planetariums. That's part of the reason I talk to people. That's part of the reason I like to educate. That's part of the reason you should donate to me. I mean I mean to say that. That slipped. I didn't mean to say that. But seriously, patreon.com slash state of the universe. Paypal.me slash Drackler. I just wish that I had something like that to inspire me to like go into science to realize this is achievable. This is something I can do. Because I didn't have it. You know? And I, I feel like maybe I would be a lot further in my endeavors, in my career, in my achievements, if maybe I had that thing instilled in me when I was, say, seven years old, eight years old. If I had the Apollo program instill in me science, say, hey, this is the thing you should do. This is the thing you should go and achieve. That maybe, maybe, just maybe, you know, I would be better off. And I'm, I'm really well off. I'm good, right? I'm in a good situation right now. I have this great podcast. I have tens of thousands of people listen to it every month. Um, they support me. They, they tell me nice things. They comment. They rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, five stars. Please do that if you haven't. Seriously, if you have, if you have an iPhone or if you have an iPad or if you have an iMac or if you have a MacBook, you don't need to buy an adapter to rate my show. Just go rate my show. Five stars. Just go do it. It helps. And I appreciate it. Leave a review if you want. Tell me I'm great. Say, Brandon, you are great. Say, this is funny and interesting. Only if you believe it's funny and interesting. And if you don't believe it's funny and interesting, I am not convinced that you made it to 37 minutes and 25 seconds, which is how long we've been going. I'm not convinced you did. So you probably find it interesting and entertaining. And so go do that. Okay, now we have the intermission. I feel like maybe I would have been a little more motivated in my years in high school, in my years, um, my early years in science, my early years in academia, a little more motivated to really be high achieving if I had that thing to inspire me from the get-go. And I didn't have that thing to inspire me. I didn't have a person to inspire me. I didn't have a person in science that I looked up to. And I didn't have a thing in science that I wanted to achieve. And I didn't be like, man, I want to be an astronaut. Man, I want to be a this or that or that or this or that. I feel like so much of my career up to now has been sort of just, you know, walking and taking the step after the next step after the next step, one foot in front of the other. And I never had that inspirational thing. And so when I look back in 50 years and I see the achievement and I read about it and it makes me feel so happy and proud for those people, for the people behind the scenes, from the janitor to the you know flight engineer, to the people who made the modules, to the people who made the thermal shield, to the astronauts themselves, to the onlookers, to the little kids that believed it could be done, to people that I look up to in my career that I know were inspired by. I look at all that and it brings me joy and brings me happiness. And you know, there's a blessing in disguise in that we haven't been back to the moon in nearly 50 years. And it's that now, 50 years later, we can look back and we can relive that joyous moment because we, you know, the Apollo program wouldn't mean much to us today, 50 year anniversary. It wouldn't mean much if we'd been back, if we already had colonies, if we, you know, were building on the moon, if we were already on Mars. So while I'm excited to go back, there's a silver lining here that we haven't been back in that we can now explore this moment, explore this joyous moment. And, and man, I feel a lot of pride for my country. I feel a lot of pride for the United States. For mounting this effort, and I only hope that next time we go back to the moon, okay? I only hope that number one, we can put some women on the moon, okay? We can because the fact of the matter is, women have been working behind the scenes at NASA, helping spaceflight efforts for decades. I think at this point, I'm getting close to being able to say centuries. Okay, they've helped. So many efforts. What's that movie with the three ladies? Oh, there's a great movie with three, three, maybe it's four, three, I think it's three, three um, women that, that um, did a lot of the, the early calculations, developed some, some um, algorithms to do early calculations. Gosh, what is that movie? It's such a good movie. Go watch. Just type in three women help NASA and you'll find it. I'm confident. Or you'll find some astrology shit. Just three white girls talking about Mercury retrograde. I got and I got somehow down a warp warp hole 
Did you did you hear it? It came back. A, a wormhole this morning. Looking at astrology videos. I don't know why I look at astrology videos. I don't know how I look at astrology. I was listening to people talking about Mercury retrograde. I was listening to people talk about how it's going to affect you. Is it bullshit? Yes. Was I listening to it out of like curiousness? Curiosity? Yes. Did curiosity kill a few of my brain cells? By a few, I mean 10 dozen. Yes, it did. It did. Okay. But anyway, I, I look back at that time and I think about how small we are and how much we have yet to do in the universe. And spaceflight is one of those things that inspires people because it's a very physical thing, right? Like a lot of other scientific endeavors, whether it be telescopes, whether it be the event horizon telescope, whether it be a lot, the gravitational wave detectors, these are all monumental things. But they don't inspire people the way spaceflight inspires people because they're not as physical. You can't see a gravitational wave. You can't see human achievement in gravitational wave physics. You can't see, unless you watch a documentary or you listen to my podcast with Dr. Ray Weiss or, or some of the other people uh, involved in that project, you don't get to see or feel the achievement, the human achievement. Yes, there were an equal number of people working on that project, as most spaceflight endeavors. There were. But you don't get to see the achievement. You don't get to see the man on the moon. You don't get to see the woman on the moon. All right? In spaceflight, you do. And so it inspires you because, you you know, it's, it's almost like sports. You get to see the person make the achievement. And that means so much. And I would like to actually see science in general, even theoretical astrophysics, which is what I work in, move in the direction of trying to publicize results the same way that you would expect sports victories to be publicized to publicize them as victories as saying look look at what we found look at what we did this is awesome i think that that would go a long way in inspiring young kids to try to come into this field you know to say look hell as we move into the the age of digital media what would be really cool is if you literally recorded some efforts like made documentaries about ligo like a ligo documentary that people can watch and be inspired by the efforts. You know, when I had Ray Weiss on the podcast, we talked for an hour. And he's been working on gravitational wave physics for 50 years before he got a result. That's inspiring. But it doesn't come across as inspiring because there's not like a like a, a moment of achievement. There's not like a step onto the moon, right? There's not like that first step onto the moon. And I don't know. And when I look back at like, like JFK's speech... Do you know JFK's speech? Listen listen to this, okay? I'm going to play you a speech that touches my like brain cells. We meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of about a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced man had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, Man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50-year span of human history, the steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles and airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. This is a breathtaking pace. And such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest 
to wait. If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. We shall send to the moon 240,000 miles away a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body and then return it safely to Earth. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. That? Are you kidding me? That just literally, it, it, that instills in me an inspiration that I never, ever, 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 ever felt in my life. Never. Ever. Not once. And you can feel this unification. In, imagine Donald Trump saying anything like that. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He couldn't. He doesn't have it in him. And I'm not like a Donald Trump like hater. I'm. I. I sit on the fence. I'm a fence sitter. I'm. I'm centrist as could be. I'm sitting right there on the fence. Do I think he's an idiot? Yes. Okay. But do I think most other options are idiots? Yes. Do I think that most politicians today could make a unifying speech like that and get us to have real achievement in the face of adversity? Have real achievement to unify our efforts as a country and try to do something that hasn't been done for the sake of the entire future of civilization. No. And does that make me kind of sad? It does. But I would love to move in a direction where I feel like someone could stand on a podium and make a speech like that and unify the people in this country and remind us that we're all, at the end of the day, Americans. And we need to fucking do some shit. In the realm of science, we've gone on way too long where we just sit back, 50 years now, we just sit back and we haven't achieved anything monumental. We've given up. And our political situation is an example of the fact that we've given up. We've given up. We've given up on trying to make this country as great as it can be. We're not making America great again, okay? The entire political spectrum, the lack of scientific endeavor over the past 50 years especially in the realm of scientific exploration of the universe, okay? If it wasn't for the hard work of, of, of I don't want to say a few people, but people in the realm of academia, in the realm of theoretical astrophysics, if it wasn't for those people, we probably wouldn't have had much progress at all, okay? This isn't a unified thing. This isn't America having progress the way that was America having progress. And maybe there's a little nostalgia. Maybe it wasn't that I was alive at that point. And maybe it's just that the people I talked to about that time period, the historians I talked to are biased because they felt nostalgic about that time period. Maybe it's that. But man, that makes me makes me want to go back. It makes me want to have that. It makes me want to feel that. And it makes me want to achieve that. And it makes me want to participate in that. I don't know. I don't know how it makes you guys feel. And now I've talked about that for a while, but I want to transition to something else that... that you know, boggle my mind. Artificial intelligence has beaten people at checkers. Okay? This was a while ago it's done this. Artificial intelligence has beaten people at chess. That was a little harder. But it's done that too. Okay? Now chess is harder. Of course, there are millions of mo potential moves you could make. At the, from the start of a game to the end of a game, if you compile all of the potential moves, you're talking about thousands, millions of potential moves. Okay? Artificial intelligence has beat the best chess players. Then there's a game that's even more complex. It's called Go. It's a Chinese game. 
Now that has even more potential moves, like nearly an infinite number of moves. Artificial intelligence has beaten the best players at Go. But there was one game, there are a few games, but there's one game in particular that AI for a long time was having a tough time beating the best players at. And that was poker. Six-man, Texas Hold'em, poker. It was a tough one to crack. It's a tough game to play. Even if you've played it as a human, you know it's a tough game to play. You have a lot of interesting things wrapped up in that, like bluffing. You, you have people um, going all in on cards that necessarily are not good cards. You have people, um, you know, you have the randomness associated with getting dealt cards. You have six players or five other players to compute for. So you're not just playing against one person, you're playing against five people, all of which have an infinite number of unpredictable moves. But finally, in the year 2019, AI has officially, officially beaten the very best players of six-player Texas Hold'em. It has mastered that game too. Man, we are moving into a situation now, I think a very interesting situation in the future of humanity, where we're going to have to take a step back and we're going to say, wait a minute, artificial intelligence is powerful. Imagine if someone had like Google glasses on and they played poker and they had somehow their glasses wired up to like an artificial intelligence like this and they could do the moves that the AI was telling them to make and they were winning millions of dollars. Is that illegal? Like in your mind, would that be illegal? This would actually be a good thing to comment about. So let me know, like, do you think that that should be illegal? It's illegal to count cards. To go to a Vegas casino and to manipulate the game by counting the cards, right? That's an illegal thing to do. In other words, like use math, use mathematical, essentially, algorithms that you have built into your head because you've studied them. You study the probability that if there's already two sixes in the deck or already two sixes, you know, on the floor, what are the odds that any, any individual player has another six and can thus have a three of a kind or a flush or a royal flush, etc.? That's illegal. You can't do that. Now, of course, there's no way to tell unless someone's just winning millions of dollars and just winning and winning and never loses. But that's frowned upon. That's considered not allowed. But what about AI? What if someone develops an algorithm to help them play chess or to help them play poker and they use it at a casino against other real players? Is that illegal? Should that be illegal? And if your answer is yes, and my answer is yes, my answer is yes, although I do think it's a slippery slope. Why? Why should that be illegal? If someone uses the tools available to them and they develop this algorithm, should that be an illegal thing, an illegal move? That's one of the weird things, right? That's one of the interesting conundrums. And I think we will see more conundrums like this. And I can't wait until an episode I'm recording next week with Dr. Chris Culp because we'll talk a lot about the ethics surrounding machine learning and artificial intelligence. We have to be careful when we go down this road, when we embark down this road, because, you know, it's cool and all when AI is defeating poker players in the confines of a study, in the confines of a test, in the confines of a playful game. But it's a different thing when you're talking about a computer going against real poker players with real money on the line. You have to be careful because, well, a lot of these AI that can do these tasks like Texas Hold'em, well, that's kind of a monopoly. Not everyone has an AI. I don't have an AI on my, on my computer that can beat the best players at Texas Hold'em. Do you? I don't think you do. I think one person in the whole world does. One person, one group of people who developed it. Do they, do they have a monopoly? Do they have monopolistic power over the poker market now? Do you understand the conundrum here? Do you understand the ethical dilemma here? It's an interesting thing to talk about. It's an interesting road to go down. And finally, to end the episode, now that I've been talking for an hour, and I thank you for listening. I thank you for listening. Okay? There was an article published in Nature. The title of it was The Prevalence of Repeating Fast Radio Bursts. The article makes the claim. Fast, fast radio bursts have become like a big thing on the show. Talk to tons of people in the FRB community, and I'm interested in them myself. And this, this article was published, and I read the article, and they make the claim with pretty good evidence that FRBs and repeating FRBs are actually the same objects, and that FRBs, fast radio bursts that you only see one pulse, okay, if you don't know what fast radio burst is, it's a mysterious object. I talk about it vaguely because it is vague. We don't know what it is. It's these mysterious radio pulses that come from somewhere in the universe. We know that they come from 
galaxies far away, we've discovered them in galaxies far away, we have not pinpointed the object that makes them. But we've found two classes, ones that repeat, ones that go blip, 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 oh, it shuts off, blip, oh, it turned on again a week later. Those, and we find ones that just blip one time and they're done. Well, this article suggests that maybe these two things are the exact same thing, and that we are just not observing long enough to see the ones that don't go blip, 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 we're not observing them long enough to see them repeat. And I advise you to go look at episode 49 of the State of the Universe podcast featuring yours truly and also featuring Dr. Duncan Lorimer, the, origin, the, the founder of the Fast Radio Burst, the first one ever found. He was the man behind the, the myth. I advise you to go back and listen because guess who makes that exact claim in that episode? Yours truly, this guy, me. Me, 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 me. How can you congratulate me on doing that? On getting that potentially right? You can go on my website, thestateoftheuniverse.com, subscribe on YouTube, like the video, comment on the video. What do you think about this ethical dilemma in the AI community? What do you think about it? Should we be concerned? Should we be wary as we go down this road? Do you think it's all fear-mongering and it's not actually going to become a big deal? Let me know. Rate the show. Review the show on Apple Podcasts, please. I appreciate it. Continue watching. Continue downloading. Give me feedback. Give me money if you so wish. Patreon.com slash The State of the Universe. Oh, by the way, we're now um, well-respected enough on YouTube to have our own channel name. So we are now found at YouTube.com slash C for channel slash The State of the Universe. So we're now important enough to have that. That's kind of cool. Um, so go check us out there. We're now available on iHeartRadio. We're available there. And I hope you let me know if you enjoy this format where I don't have a guest on, but I cover some topical things by myself because I get a lot of comments that say, in my mind, I'm my own worst critic. And in my head, I think that shows like this aren't good. I think that shows aren't this aren't good because I don't like believe in my own ability to be entertaining, to be funny, to be informative all at the same time. I don't believe in myself, essentially. And, and that's, you know, I'm not, no pity involved in that. I'm just saying, like, that's kind of how I think as a creator, as a, as an artist, if you want to call me that. I often don't consider my work to be best. I am my own worst critic. Now, with that being said, I get a lot of comments that say, Brendan, I love the interviews, but I also really love and enjoy, and I really, like, w listen to and, and find very funny the episodes where it's just you recording with yourself, where you cover some science topics, but you also try to entertain. And I, I get people reaching out and saying that to me quite frequently. And it's tough in my head because I'm like, man, are they being serious or are they lying? And so what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start producing episodes, two, ep two types of episodes, this every single week. I'm going to try to do a guest interview episode every week, and I'm going to try to do a me episode every single week. And hopefully you guys enjoy that. Hopefully you guys like that, and hopefully you guys continue to support the show. And I, I appreciate the comments. Man, I was feeling really down. I was feeling really sad this week. And frankly, the, maybe that's like more of the reason why I didn't get an episode out until Friday. It's because I was just feeling a little depressed. It's just built into me. You know, and I'm always open and I'm always honest on the show, and I always talk about that. And for whatever reason, I was just feeling like really just not able to speak. Sometimes when you sit down with the microphone in front of you, you know, you can't just start talking. You have to be in a certain mind. You have to be in a certain mind frame. You have to be in a certain uh, state of mind. And I could not find that state of mind. I tried multiple times this week to sit down and talk into the microphone. And my mind was just like, Brendan, give up. Just stop. Just give up. And um, couple that with the fact that the guests I had planned for two of the weeks in July had to rearrange their schedule, which is no big deal. I don't blame anyone for that. I don't, I'm not mad at anyone for that. It's life, right? And... And um, I just was like, man, I need to sit down and I need to record an episode of just me. Everyone's telling me that they like it. I'm telling myself I don't like it, but I just need to do it. And I need to see how it goes and I need to upload it and I need to see the response. And if people hate it, they hate it. And if people love it, they love it. But I need to do it. And so that's where we're at. <laughs>